One of the things that we have been in the middle of over the past, I guess now seven weeks, has been a uh, study called United We Love. It's been one of my favorite sermon series that I have personally been a part of in a really long time. What does it mean to be united? Then what does it mean to be united and love in the midst of uniting? That's really made me open my heart and my mind to really think through what that means. And we've gone through stories, right? Remember, we've talked about Ruth. We've talked about the woman at the well. We've talked about the centurion and his servant. But I have to tell you, today, I'm excited because we're going to talk about Lydia. And if you don't know, some of you are already grinning because you know where I'm going with this. The purple queen, amen? That was Lydia. Jesus is pleased with Lydia, amen? She loved purple. So today, the title of my sermon is Purple Rain. R-E-I-G-N. What happened when the purple began to rain that day when Paul arrived? So we're going to start in Acts, and I'm going to go at chapter 16, starting at verse 11. Now, when you're reading this in your Bibles, you'll see that it says that this part starts the version of Lydia's conversion. So I'm going to go back in a minute and explain a little bit about what has happened before we get here. But this is going to be the part of the story that I really want us to focus on. We sailed from Trow straight to, uh, and I'm going to butcher this one, Samothrace, and came to Naples the following day. Now, that's important to know, and I'll explain that in a minute. From there, we went to Philippi, a city in Macedonia, first district, and a Roman colony. We stayed in the city several days. And on the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the riverbank, where we thought, I love this part, where we thought there might be a good place for prayer. We sat down, though, and began to talk with the women who had gathered. One of those women was Lydia, a Gentile God worshiper from the city of Thyteria, a dealer (laughs) in purple cloth. As she listened, the Lord uh, enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Once she and her household were baptized, she urged, Now that you have decided that I am a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my home. And she persuaded us. So we're going to stop there. So Paul has been on a journey. He's been on a really long journey. And when you read before you get to that verse, he's been everywhere. Like when you look at it on the map, it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they get summoned to this area. And they get summoned to an area where you would say there were a lot of refugees. A lot of people that weren't from this area. And some even believe, they're not 100% sure if Lydia's name was really Lydia because they believe she might have been from Lydia, so people called her Lydia. They're not 100% sure. But there were tons of people from different places, and they gathered kind of on this bank side. 
and sold merchandise. It was a marketplace. And Paul decides, okay, I'm going to find some place that's quiet to pray. It doesn't happen the way he had planned. And what I love is the first part of what I want to hit on today is I want to hit on a little bit about Paul. And then I want to hit on about Lydia. Because sometimes I think in our journey, we can be just like Paul. Listen, I'm tired. I've been traveling a lot. I've been going back and forth and back and forth. I just need to go pray. It's the Sabbath. What does Sabbath mean? Rest. And all of a sudden, his plans get changed. Because just like it can be today, he finds a group of women. They begin to talk. When they begin to talk, though, conversion begins to happen. Because what we know is that Lydia served God, but she was a, what they called a God worshiper, meaning she was right on the fringes, probably. She had not completely fallen into 100% into the Jewish ways. But what I love is that being present in the moment is so important. You never know when you are going to get the opportunity to share the gospel. Being present in the moment, it's really important. Paul went to go and pray and he ended up saying a different prayer. Not just a group of women. I love this part too, but successful women. So I just want to stop here for a minute and talk about the color purple. I wore my purple today. But when you, when you go in and you investigate and study and figure out, and, and I knew this, but I had to go find out for sure what the color purple meant in the scripture. It was the most expensive dye known in the ancient days. It was the color of choice for any noble or royal birth, any high-level official, Roman emperors, all the war was purple. I just like it because red and blue make purple. But when I think of Lydia, uh, one of the things that I, I was trying to compare it to, and I'm thinking, who would we think of today that this reminds me of? And it reminded me of a lady when I was a little girl named Mary Kay. Do you guys remember Mary Kay? So periodically, when you drive around the city of Dallas, you will see a pink Cadillac. But this woman started a cosmetic company that ended up being worth billions. She says this, and I thought this was great. Mary Kay says, individuals sometimes feel insignificant and doubt they can really make a difference in the world. Well, believe me, one person can. 
This woman also, like we find out about Lydia later, this woman also was a member of a, of a large, large church here in Dallas and was on all the building committees. So every time they built a building, Mary Kay was on the building committee of her church. The other thing we find is that her sole point in starting a cosmetic company was to help build other women up. You see in the parallel here? So what we know about Lydia is that Lydia had a group of people. They were all women, the majority of them. We don't know if Lydia was married. But we do know that she was probably the matriarch of her household. We know that she wanted to serve the Lord. We know that she knew about the Lord, but we're not 100% sure what that meant because what we begin to understand is that when Paul sits down with her, something happens. Change happened. I believe the Holy Spirit moved that day. Paul was present. And Lydia was ready. And the Holy Spirit moved. How many in here would say, I'm present? Or how many of you would say, I'm ready? Lydia's life has changed in that moment. A woman of wealth. A woman that was inspiring other women to do things, the people around them. And she knew everybody. Because remember what she did, all the emperors, the noblemen wanted what she had. So what does Lydia then begin to do with what happened to her? Lydia shares the wealth. And it wasn't just money. What we know that Lydia did is Lydia began to share the wealth of what happened to her. We find out in that moment that when she was baptized, it was all on. She became another female evangelist. Amen? Amen? We've had two of those in this series. The first one was a woman, right? Lydia listens, but here's what I want you to understand. But the Lord must open the heart to believe. At this crucial point, Paul practically disappears from this story. And I love this line. It says, it is not the charismatic personality of a pastor or preacher that has the power to create faith. It must come from God's own merciful action. Now you have the free will to decide what you're going to do with it, but I can't do anything. But when the Spirit of God moves, he can do anything. So Lydia, her faith becomes immediately active. She is baptized along with her whole household. And she opens her home. And guys, this wasn't some little home. This was a grandiose Mary Kay mansion. Might have even had a whole lot of purple in it. I wish I could have seen that. 
Social and cultural barriers crumbled because we know that this isn't where she's from. And the corner of this particular empire is just the beginning of how God is moving and how God's grace is moving. But there's one part that I found that's in the NRSV version. It says that Lydia prevailed upon Paul and his companions to stay with her and accept her hospitality. Now, we all know those women that can prevail upon you to come visit them. Amen? Y'all are just, some of y'all are like, yeah, I don't know what she's talking about. My mama was one of those that would prevail upon you. And prevailing upon you meant there was a spread when you walked through the door. When, when, when they opened the door, there was more food than you would have ever eaten. There was plenty of room to sit and enjoy and fellowship. It was safe. So Lydia opens up her home. She converts those around her. And we find, too, and later in Scripture, not only did Paul go, but there's a long uh, part in the Scripture following the story of what happens to Paul. Paul ends up in prison. Poor old Paul. But as soon as he gets out, where does he head? He heads back to Lydia's. Sometimes what I find... is that I'm a lot like Lydia. Sometimes I can live on the fringes, depending on what I'm feeling that day. Sometimes I can be Paul, and I'm really not present in the moment. So much is going on. And here's the crazy thing. Paul was setting out to do it right, just like we all do. We set out on our day to do it right. We want this to be a good day. We've had our prayer time. We've had our scripture time. We've had our time of checking on everybody. But then what happens is we kind of forget that maybe God is doing something a little different that day. On the fringes. On the fringes of being present. On the fringes of what it means to literally serve God in a way that you've never known. What does that mean? So I want to show you a picture. So this was Friday. And this woman right in the middle is a judge in our Dallas County Courts. Right next to her is one of my closest friends. I've known him, well, he grew up with Kenan and I. And so Friday, I had the honor and the privilege of walking into the largest courtroom that they have in Dallas County, right there off of Crowley. And when I walked in, it was packed. Packed. I think I quit counting at like 300 people in there. And at first, I had no idea what was going on. But this beautiful judge right here in the middle was standing right here behind her, her uh, platform. You can see the bailiff right there. 
And they started having a graduation ceremony for everyone who's coming out of recovery. This particular day, they graduated 22 people. People that had been given the choice, you either go through recovery or you go to jail. It was that bad. What are you going to do? And I watched 22 people graduate from their past. Now, I have to tell you, I was dreading this trip. It's a Friday. Um, Jeff was getting ready to travel, leave out of town. I needed to get Owen. Owen had been uh, the day before at a field trip. It had just been kind of a crazy week. And I was like, oh, I didn't need one more thing on my list, right? Man, Mike, am I glad I went. Because in this middle section, in the room, were about 175 people that were still in the program. Whose lives will never be the same and whose lives were saved from going to jail and probably not getting any help to the fact that when they come out, they're going to know more about their self than they ever knew. They hear from other people that have gone through the same kind of treatment. They hear from people who are still in recovery. And then they also hear from people that have graduated years ago. But it was like 175 people to my right. And then all of a sudden, my friend says, Didi, I want you to stand. And we're in the middle of this room. Well, I am my mother's child, so I was ready. And I stood up and I began to sing. Nothing like singing and the judge pull out her cell phone and start recording you from behind the bench. I'm serious. But all of a sudden, the sweet spirit of the Lord fell in that room. It was one of the most beautiful experiences. And something for me that I was not that thrilled about, but I wanted to go support my friend. It just was busy. All of a sudden, it caused me not only to be present in the moment, but it changed my heart. It caused me to stop and pay attention. It caused me to face, look, I may not relate or I may not understand, but in that moment, watching the presence of God move in a way that you cannot imagine. And then getting to meet this amazing judge who this is what she does. And she's constantly working on these cases to help these people out. That day, like three people, their sentences were shortened because they had worked so hard, but they would have never had that opportunity if it had not been for her. I learned to be present again, (laughs) but I also learned what it means to sit and bask and know when the presence of God is moving, even Mervyn in the middle of the Dallas County Court. Not the place I would have expected. Some of us have been on those fringes, right? Not always present in the moment. Or maybe, 
We love God. We come to church. It's a thing. But about an hour a week is about all I can give God. But something changes. And you go from giving an hour to maybe two hours to maybe three hours to maybe all of a sudden it's not even about your time. It's about what is God going to do today? So here is what I want to leave with you because today is our last Sunday to talk about United We Love. Guys, we're up against a year this year. I'm already sick of Facebook. I'm over it. Everybody got a political opinion. And you know what they say about opinions? Everybody got one. But it's our reality. It's our reality. Everybody has an opinion about something that's coming this way. But what I know is it doesn't really matter where you stand. I don't have to agree with you to love you. I don't have to agree with you to love you. But what I do know is that I am far better with you than I am by myself. That doesn't mean, and I prefer you not be like me. But I am far better with you than I am by myself. So as we get ready to close, and I think about what it means, when Lydia showed up, because Paul was present in the moment. It wasn't just her life that was changed. It was all of their lives that were changed. What would happen if we all showed up? We all have a story in this room, every one of us do. Young people in confirmation, you even have a story now. And the person you are right now, you're going to look back one day and go, wow, I'll never forget this moment because this moment is life-changing for you. This is a real Lydia moment for you. You have amazing leaders who love you and care about you, and they don't want to just see you stirred, but they want to see your life changed because they know what's up ahead of you. They know what that looks like. And when we unite together, everyone is changed. And not changed in hate, but changed in love. What happened to Lydia? I want to read this last line. It says, as a businesswoman, I love that line. She is both able and willing to support the ministry of Jesus Christ by providing shelter and ministries. She welcomes strangers in a place where she once was a stranger. All of us walk that road. Are we present? Or are we on the fringes?
I don't know which one that is. Maybe some days you trade them off. It's what I do. Lord, I'm good right here. But are you going to open your home? Are you going to open your heart? Are you going to let God move? And are we going to unite together to do that? Hmm. Father, I want to be, I want to be a Lydia. I want to be a Paul. I want to be present, God. And not only do I want to be present, but I want to hunger more for you, God, where I can change the world. Father, I want my life not just to be stirred, but I want my life to be changed. Because, God, I know that I can't do that on my own. But, God, I know with you, you're working it all out for my good in spite of myself. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. There is nothing this team can do or I can do to, des- to make anyone desire you more, Lord. We know that that is you. What you're working, what you're doing, and what your Holy Spirit is moving in each heart that is in this room. But God, what I do know is I know these people and I know these faces and God, I know they love you. But we want to be better tomorrow than we are today. And Father, we know this year ahead is not going to be an easy year, but we still... We want to be better tomorrow than we are today. We want to open our homes to those that are needed. We know what it's like to be a stranger, and so we want to be there for the strangers. We know what it's like to be marginalized, God, and we want to welcome all your people. Father, we want to be changed. We give you glory and we give you honor in this place. Amen. Amen. Woo. Purple. What our ushers prepare to come at this time. Now, as you know, we have several ways now of giving. I'll, I'll have her put the picture up there where you can see. Online or on your mobile phone, 77977, or you can still just do loose plate, whatever you want to do. Um, but we want to give you the opportunity to do that. We can't do what we do here without you. It's really that simple. But we do ask you to be like Lydia and share the wealth. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for everyone in this room. Father, I know that we can't give near back to you what you've given to us, but Lord, we pray that you will use what we give exceedingly and abundantly for you. 
in your precious and your holy name. Amen.